Welcome to the Start Me Up Podcast, part of the Sexy Liberal Podcast Network in association with Muller She Wrote Media. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnson in DC. Today, my returning guest is Sherry Jacobus. Oh my God, I know we have so much to talk about, but before we get into it, the Start Me Up podcast is independent, supported by listeners, and it's woman run. A great big thank you to everybody who supports the show. If you enjoy today's podcast, visit patreon.com slash start me up. Check out all the tiers. I do include a tier with a much shorter intro and no ads. You can hear the free shows on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they're followed up by What's Up, a show just for patrons where I talk about anything that comes to mind. It's a little more personal, kind of like my online diary. Visit patreon.com slash start me up. And don't forget, you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Sherry Jacobus. Welcome back to the show, Sherry. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm I'm holding up. I'm, you know, trying. (laughs) Well, things are rocking rolling these days so yeah we're all kind of it's a nail biter it, it really is and it's been a while since we've since we've last chatted what's so funny is I <laughs> I had this friend who um was I, I it's hard to describe him he was very colorful very creative and one time just out of the blue and it made no sense but he said it's been so long since last we purchased and so whenever I start to say to anyone, it's been a while, that's what pops into my head. It makes no sense and it's stupid, but it's like never left my brain. So I almost wanted to say that to you, but it has been a while since okay. we've, <laughs> since we've done a show it's together. Been so long, yes. <laughs> um, okay. Before we get, now, first of all, I have a bunch of things that I want to talk to you about, but um, you did a masterclass about how Dems can win in 20. 20- 22. So I want to talk about that. But first, I've got to do this breaking news. And I'm just going to go ahead and break it. You and Steve Schmidt are getting married. Oh, is that it? Oh, my God. We got to talk about him. First, I want to talk about him. Then we'll talk about the voting. But Steve fucking Schmidt. Oh, my God. So for anybody who's not aware, a couple of weeks ago, Megan McCain called Steve Schmidt a pedophile and he lost his shit and uh, he lost his Schmidt and he went off on these typical, you know, long threads with the $25 words. And he was so angry at her. And in, in the middle of all of this, he starts spilling the beans on John McCain and tying him to Russians and I don't know what happened because at first I had him blocked because he pissed me off when he blamed RBG for the overturning of Roe v. Wade that was just too much for fucking me and I blocked him and then I saw that he I think a friend of mine sent me his tweet and so I was like holy shit and I unblocked him because I had to just I had to watch you know it's like a car wreck and you're just watching it and then I know somewhere along the line you got into it and the two of you were going at it, and he was being a fucking dick. And so, you know, I just kind of want to get your side. I'm not going to invite him on because I don't like yeah. him. I blocked him again. I just want to get your side on this. Well, we, we didn't really get into it because he blocked me, and he unblocked <laughs> me just long enough to, to, to go after me um, because I have called him out for being a grifter um, yeah. with the Lincoln Project. And I've done that before. These guys pocketed, basically, they pocketed the Democratic House majority, maybe the Senate and um, AOC called them a scam pack. Mm-hmm. Um, and as I've said many times before, the average successful House campaign for Congress costs $2 million average. Uh, some are more, some are less. Um, it's not a guarantee to win, 
um, but um, money does not guarantee you a win, but not having it can guarantee you, will right. guarantee you a loss. Yeah. And these guys pocketed so much money, tens of millions of dollars, uh, and, and Schmidt famously uh, was heard saying all the time around the Lincoln Project <laughs> folks that he was building generational wealth. Mm -hmm. uh, so when you've got these guys pocketing half of what people gave them, and they think people are giving money thinking they're helping mm -hmm. to elect Democrats and defeat Republicans. Uh, and in a year, 2020, in a year when Democrats were supposed to gain mm -hmm. House seats, they lost a net 10. Mm -hmm. And 2020 was when they were supposed to gain seats to build that cushion mm -hmm. uh, for the midterms because the, for the expected losses in the midterms. Um, and so, you know, the Democrats, uh, the Democrats House and Senate majority is in jeopardy, serious jeopardy. Mm -hmm. um, it's more likely that they will lose the House than they will win, maintain the majority. And I do blame the Lincoln Project and mainly Steve Schmidt. I also have secondhand information uh, someone who had spoken to somebody who was in the room that they would have big fights and people would be looking at him specifically saying, my God, Steve, how much is enough, you know, hmm. stuffing in your pockets. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's very serious. We know there's a lot of infighting there. It's been reported current mm -hmm. reports. This is not me saying this, mm -hmm. um, that they all were hiring lawyers and threatening opposition research against each other. They all had oppo on each other. Mm -hmm. So it's, wow. it's, a, a nasty, it's a nasty, it's a nasty bunch. Yeah. And uh, they raised this money on uh, Twitter and and led you know got the base all ginned up thinking everybody likes these hard hitting negative ads. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I call him out for it. Um, and you know for him to also go after John McCain like that, a I dead know. man out of the blue because Megan McCain got under his skin. Uh -huh. I mean, my God, she couldn't even get it. She could barely get under Joy Behar's skin or Whoopi's. It would take a lot on the view. So, so Steve's all you know got his panties in a wad over this. And um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and he's just going after everybody and yeah. <laughs> uh, he's a liar. He lied about me in several tweets and, uh, and then he blocks me, you know, he had blocked me long before. So, you know, he's got his own bot and troll army. I think this is a guy who, who, um, was able to get his FU money mm -hmm. uh, from the Lincoln Project mm -hmm. by pocketing money meant to go towards helping Democrats. And so now he feels like he can just do whatever he wants. Yeah. And he's and I see what he's doing now is basically threatening people. He's mm -hmm. um, you know, when, the, when when a column was written about him, a very truthful one um, <laughs> uh, in the Daily Beast, he's like, oh, I'm going to have that pulled within 24 hours. Well, it's still up. He doesn't have that <laughs> <kind of> power. <laughs> then he listed three articles that basically talk about his grip and his lies and all the stuff that we've known and that's been well documented. I'm going to have it pulled mm -hmm. by the time the sun sets in the West. <laughs> you know, None of them are pulled. And then he's telling people about me, block her, or yeah, blo unfollow her because it's just like Trump when he says, don't yes. listen to anybody but Fox. Everybody's fake news because yeah. you know he doesn't want people to read. The, I mean, basically, I'm just posting articles, the many articles showing <laughs> the grift and the, the corruption and the lies of these guys. Uh, especially him. So, um, you know, I and and people, you know, who the big blue checkmark people mm -hmm. and people in the media were publicly saying, dude, <laughs> step away from the Twitter. <laughs> I mean, my God, it, it takes somebody like Steve Schmidt to make people actually start feeling sorry for <laughs> Megan McCain. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the, so it, it's it's a nasty business. He's a nasty piece mm -hmm. of work, mm -hmm. and. Um, so it's 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 not um, 
it's not a riff. It's not a, a feud. Right. It's just me. I call out grift and corruption, and I've been doing it a long time about him and the Lincoln Project, and I know some mm -hmm. of these guys, and I know stuff, and uh, I know what's going on, and I know how this works, and I think they, um, you know, they they are at the point now where they've caused a lot of damage because yeah. anybody who's ever run a congressional race or run for Congress, I've run congressional races. You need the money. When you think of the fundraisers, mm -hmm. the amount of time and how yeah. hard it is for you to to raise, you know, ten thousand yeah. dollars so that you can do a week of radio in, in right. one county, and how desperate you are for that. And I did get one congressional candidate contact me when I first started speaking out about this, and he said, every time he went to somebody, the the, the traditional big donors um, in his district, they all said, "Sorry, we gave to the Lincoln Project," oh. and he couldn't and he couldn't raise money. So this is the. I don't look at them as being on our side. Mm -mm. I, um, maybe they originally were never Trump, um, and they meant it, but mm -hmm. they they just became part of the big grift. Um, and that's even. I don't even care about that, except in this case, it's costing the Democrats the congressional majority, mm -hmm. and there's and the Democrats let this happen too. Mm -hmm. um, and you know they backed off on that, but there's just no excuse for it. And the media who promote these guys. Mm -hmm who simply because they have a super PAC mm -hmm. um, to help them get more money and keep doing this just because they were friends at one point in time. Um, and it just it just makes me feel like the whole effort, we've lost already, and now everybody's just trying to grub for as much money or ratings as they can. It's turned into a cottage industry on both sides. Yeah, and I just want to add that there's, you know, there are people who, Democrats, who are so quick to defend them and say, you know, oh, well, you know, I'll take them just because they're saying what I want to hear. And I mean, I get it. We all get it. Nobody liked Trump. And then here comes Republicans talking shit about Trump. And we're like, woohoo! We're, we're glad to see it. But, but Democrats, I think sometimes, you know, I, I certainly don't want to put all of us in one box and say we're all the same, because clearly we're not. But I think that too many of us are just so quickly sold on words instead of actions. What people say, as opposed to, you know, Rachel Maddow is always saying, watch what they do, because yes, it's different than you. what yeah. they say. <laughs> Steve Schmidt's yeah. got those $25 words, and he talks a really good game, and he tells you what you want to hear, but that's not reality. And it's like you were saying, they have to fuck, people have to stop giving money to them. You yeah. can enjoy their videos, and you can share their videos, although, you know, it's really going to a, a choir thing because it's Twitter. So it's, it's not the real fucking world. Don't give well, them he, money. Yeah. His thing now is he's just basically threatening people um, like, I'm going to have my Twitter come after you if you dare wow. say anything against me. And so, you know, there uh, there's one name, big name person who's always my buddy. And this is a person who does not want um, it exposed, although it's been exposed, but he doesn't want it talked about. He doesn't want Steve talking about um, the affair that he had with uh, his candidate's wife, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, so, so there's all, and I think most other people just want to step aside because they know mm -hmm. that this is unhinged, mm -hmm. uh, that this is very Trump-like mm -hmm. um, just and, and, and lying about people. Plus going after McCain like this mm -hmm. out of the blue years later, when mm -hmm. we all know Steve Schmidt played a role in, in, mm -hmm. in Sarah Payne and he's the hero in every story, just like, of course Trump he is. is. Just, and there was one spoof on a, on a, on a, on a rant of on a Schmidt rant that I read and it might have I don't I actually forget the publication that it, it was not a left-wing one but it was on point and it was funny and it was just 
really making fun of how Steve is just so gosh darn innocent, and they all come to him and beg him. This is a guy who, around the time, not long before the time when I was leaving the Republican Party because of Trump, Steve Schmidt in in the spring of 2016 was flying to New York to meet with Trump about a job. And he says, well, it was out of curiosity or they came to me. Well, ask him. He flew Mm -hmm. to New York. Ask him who paid for the flight. Yeah. Who made the first call? Mm-hmm. And all accounts, except for his own, are that it was him. He was going for the job. <laughs> this was after all this stuff that the rest of us knew about Trump was unacceptable. The right. blood coming out of her ears, yeah. you know, the or her whatever, you know. Right. And uh, and this was just fine with the with the uh, Steve Schmidt. So I think he's a fraud. Um, I think that he is corrupt. Uh, because he took so much of that Lincoln Project mm-hmm. money, would never open the books. He says they did, but he gave the overall totals, not the books, all this money that, you know, the millions, the tens of millions that went into their own companies, and that's when they disappear. Mm-hmm. And what really pisses me off, Kimberly, is the media, who I've never seen anything like it, when they would take their press releases, and this is how I knew pretty early on that this thing was not okay, because the press releases were not. Like when a Bill Crystal's group, for example, or any super PAC or any group um, that raises money like this and doesn't add, mm-hmm. they'll say, the, the press release will say, here's what our buy is. You know, here's the amount. We're going to spend $487,000 in this state targeting this senator, you know, mm-hmm. and, and you get that kind of a thing. Not only so Link, the Lincoln Project was not putting that out there and no reporters were asking them, which oh really God. is just I mean, yeah. that is just unbelievable that they weren't doing it they weren't catching on so at this point i think for any group but especially for them when they come out and say yeah we've got this ad against such and such or or just this ad Mm -hmm. i say okay what's your buy show us your buy Mm -hmm. and 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 demand actual documentation Mm -hmm. we want to see the receipts that you actually bought the time on television all of your stations and having done this myself i know what goes into it (laughs) Um, and and that's the only way that um, that you can gain trust. But in this case, we already know that tens of millions, um, up to half of the hundred million, that um, that they raised and possibly more, uh, ended up with them. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's some and, generational and that, wealth. Think, think of how many congressional um, races that would fund, or would have funded. Not that they all would have won, but right, right. now the Democrats would be sitting on a nice, comfortable. Uh, House majority mm-hmm. that would not be in jeopardy, where we wouldn't have to be worrying about, oh my God, when uh, if if, Dem- if Republicans take the House mm-hmm. in the midterms, they're going to start impeaching Trump and they're going to disband the January sixth committee, and oh my God, it's going to be, and they may even make Trump speaker. None of that would be happening right. if the guys from the Lincoln Project had been even partway honest. They could have made a great living, done great work, and been around every cycle to do great work, but they got greedy, and they became just like Trump. So let, that brings me to your master class because uh, <laughs> now you did a master class on how Dems can win in 2022. I want I want you to go over that and talk about it, but I also want to know: Were you focusing on Democratic leaders or also on voters? Um, actually, anybody who's involved in politics who just wants to be um, who 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 is interested, who's active, also candidates. I did have some candidates sign up for this class, but also for leaders. Yes, mm-hmm. it's just an overview. Um, and my main thrust, and I've, and I've said this a lot on Twitter, is that you, you, you have to really look for those persuadable voters, of course, mm-hmm. and, and, and speak their language, find out their information silos. And so you know, when I research this, when I research 
Fox News and Twitter and Facebook and radio and everything, and, and where are the persuadable voters? Um, and we, we did this with um, America Reads the Mueller Report. First of all, mm-hmm. persuadable voters, uh, the hard negative stuff doesn't work on them, mm-hmm. the types of ads that, that the Lincoln Project did. And studies showed that their ads were ineffective anyway. Now, you have to present the negative information, of course. Mm-hmm. But you gotta be careful because otherwise you put people on the defensive. Yeah. If you're too in their face, so you gotta talk to them as adults, but understand where they're coming from. And a lot of these people, remember, just like Schmidt said, unfollow her because he didn't mm-hmm. want anybody to read the articles that I was posting. And Trump said, only listen to Fox News because everybody else is fake news. That was very dangerous. Yeah. That was one of the most chilling moments in the last few years because you have people who haven't watched MSNBC or CNN in years, but they're still going, they're fake news, they're fake news. We already know that Fox News out and out lies to their viewers Mm -hmm. or withholds important information. So I'm looking at the group of voters who are not part of the cult. They only watch Fox News. They're not on Twitter. They may be on Facebook if they're online at all. You know, mm-hmm. so you're looking at where they get their information. Um, they it's it's Fox News, but they watch their local programming. They read their local paper. They still get radio. So how do you reach these people? And who mm-hmm. are they? Well, they're older, white. Um, the older, older people over 65 are largely not on Twitter. The really old ones, you know, like say over 75 or mm-hmm. 80, they vote. They do, but yeah. The, they, and 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 they don't know what they don't know mm-hmm. because they aren't hearing the stuff on Twitter, they aren't being told the stuff on Fox, and that is where your persuadable voters are. You're not going to get all of them, but you hear me say all the time: close elections <laughs> are won or lost in these margins, mm-hmm. and these are where you find these people. These people are big anti-corruption. Yeah, but they, you know, this is why this is why Bill Barr had where he stood up and just lied to everybody. And these people never heard what was really in the Mueller report. Mm-hmm. They only heard what Fox was telling them and what Bill Barr was telling them that Trump was exonerated. So they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. These are the people who if they knew if they were presented with accurate and complete information, many of them would be open to voting differently. Or maybe they get disgusted and they stay home and they just don't vote Republican. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the key. They're not on Twitter. They're not getting all excited about the, the big hard negative ads or the, the, the coolest ads. And sometimes the coolest ads that might win the Polly Award, that's the, the award that they get political consultants for their ads that they do. Um, they might not be the most creative and memorable. And usually those, you don't even remember who the candidate is or what the issue is. You mm-hmm. just remember the good, you know, very creative ad. Right. Uh, so sometimes you, and also um, these groups, uh, yeah, Lincoln Project wasn't focus grouping these, these ads. Huh. Um, and they, it was, they were cheaply produced. They were mm-hmm. all desktop. They weren't taking a camera crew out. And I know this cause I've done all this. Mm-hmm. And when I was a Republican and I didn't have decades of experience, but I was working with one of the ad makers and I wrote the top ad that year for Republicans because I knew how to speak to people without getting in their face and turning them off. Mm-hmm. And and mine was chosen over all of these ads for all of these these guys that have been in this for years. So I, I kind of know what, <laughs> what I'm talking about here. And uh, and my ad when they when they they chose it, so they, it was one of three that they chose out of dozens from all the different groups that they had on retainer, um, all the different firms they had on retainer. So they they took mine. And again, I wasn't even doing ads at all. This was my first time at, I was just working somewhere else for that cycle. So my ad, they did still photos and they focus grouped it out in California and mine 
through the roof wow. focus group. We were targeting soccer moms. Interesting. And uh, yeah, so then it went into production and it got a lot of news. And um, what we were doing is we were trying to figure out how to talk about Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky, <laughs> because at that time, everything was backfiring on Republicans. When mm -hmm. you started talking about the, the sex, uh, you know, all this stuff, people got turned off. Mm -hmm. So we're thinking, so I wrote an ad called, What Do You Tell the Kids? Mm -hmm. Never mentioned Bill K Clinton's name. <laughs> and so I remember seeing women, Democratic strategists on TV saying, yeah, that one hurt. That's an effective ad. Mm -hmm. But again, because again, I was on the other side, but it's like, how do you talk to people in, in a way that they're going to listen to you and care about what you're saying. Yeah. But I knew not to be in their face. Right. Interesting. So it was, yeah, it was an effective ad. So the, the masterclass is, is really looking at where people get their information and, and not making these big assumptions. Cause mm -hmm. you hear people on Twitter go, well, everybody knows about such and such and right. knows X is true or false. It's like, no, they don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So what would you, what would you advise regular voters out there who are feeling like, I don't know what I can do. What would you tell them to do for, for November? Um, first of all, I think for the midterms, they need to obviously get involved uh, with their local uh, Democrat candidate for Congress mm -hmm. and Senate and give money directly to them. Yes. Um, I just don't think, I mean, I know there's great groups out there and everything, but a lot of people are doing the big national ads and that will still happen. Mm -hmm. um, but I just know that so many of these campaigns were starved of money mm -hmm. this last time. And so it's all about the midterms. Um, mm -hmm. Also, yeah. yeah. And I also, yeah, so they, they need to do that. Get, keep it as close to home as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's about the best thing they could, that's about the best thing they can do is to help their congressional candidates. Yeah. Uh, and I, and, I, yeah. Yeah. I like to add that. I mean, we can always do phone banking. We can always do, you know, registering voters and then donating what you can. And even if you don't have a lot of money, I mean, if you don't have a lot of money, don't do it. But if you, if you can afford to give five bucks, give five bucks and, mm -hmm. you know, do what you can. But I think, you know, people feel like they're helpless. The, the other thing that people don't really think about is there are elections every year. And David Pepper, I had him on my show. He's an Ohio Democrat. And he was talking about how basically it's a failure of Democrats that they have not been focusing locally on state houses and local elections. They seem to want to focus primarily on the big one, the big presidential, and even in the midterms they don't put as much energy into the midterms, especially, I mean, obviously 2018, I think was an anomaly because we had Donald Trump motivating everybody to go vote. So we saw huge voter turnout, but normally we don't see that in midterms. And so Democrats need to be, you know, yes, the leadership has their part to play, but voters also have to not just say everybody, I need to be inspired. What should inspire yeah. you is not living in a fucking fascist country and not, you know, having abortion to be being legal and not having white supremacists run everything. That should be enough motivation for you. Stop looking outside of, you know, whether it's leadership or other people motivate your fucking self. But obviously that doesn't always happen so easily. But the people who do care, if all you ever do is vote, well, add something, add something, just you one know, thing. I, a really important thing to do is to um, see if there's a way that you can help drive older voters mm -hmm. to the polls on yeah. election day or make sure that they have mail-in ballots. So to get involved early, is, you know, find out what you can do to help the pe people who want to vote or might be inclined to vote actually vote. Uh, and that's that doesn't cost you anything. Right. 
No, it doesn't. You know, maybe a tank of gas. Yeah. That's a lot <laughs> and then they can uh, all complain while yeah. they're driving. Uh, and help register people and, and that sort of thing. And write the letter to the editor. And, oh, and, yeah. Um, right. But at this, at this point, it's it's about – and I, uh, here's an interesting thing I just saw yesterday that I don't have the exact numbers, but the Republicans now, there are more Republicans that identify themselves as Republicans but not necessarily Trump fans hmm. than there was before. He's mm-hmm. you know, he's not on the ballot. So that's a tricky thing to kind of remember. and yeah. and that's why, you know, I've been talking a lot um lately about reminding, you know, the reminding people and the way to say so you're not you can't you can't punish them or expect them to do penance because forty years ago they voted for Ronald Reagan. <laughs> Right. <laughs> um, or because they're still Republicans. But mm-hmm. once you reach these persuadable voters and they start understanding what their party is doing, for example, it's not Trump, but it's Trumpism or it's it's Mexico. Yes. And, 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 and they have to say, this is not, this is no longer your daddy's Republican mm-hmm. party. Mm-hmm. This isn't Ronald Reagan's Republican party. And you have to show them this in a way that's not in their face. And I see a lot of Democrats out there wanting people to do penance for ever having been a Republican. Well, that may make you feel better. Um, but that's how you're going to lose your persuadable voters. You have yeah. to make it safe for them to go into those waters. And I, I agree. Welcoming. I agree. I will say, I mean, I've certainly said about Republicans, certain specific Republicans that they, you know, like I did say something to Bill Crystal because he was criticizing people for um, protest, peacefully protesting out of, uh, in front of Kavanaugh's house. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, normally I would not be for that. I would not. I would say, you know what? We need to leave these people alone. In this particular instance, though, taking rights away, peaceful protests, chalk on the sidewalk. Okay, it's not like they're standing out there twenty four seven. Nobody's getting kidnapped. And so, shut up, Bill Crystal. And you, you know, some of the shit that you've said in the past has gotten us here. And that's about as far as I'll go because as far the way I look at it, like even well, he was a, a guy that supported Kavanaugh. So yes, I mean, exactly. There you, you know, go. That's, that's why you know, he's in a slightly different category here um yeah 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 and, and it was guys like him and this was what george conway wanted mm-hmm. it was guys like bill crystal and you mm-hmm. know linda chavez and mona Charon who you know writing their columns and supporting kavanaugh uh this was to make it safe for susan collins mm-hmm. to vote for confirmation you know i've said that before that was yeah. part of the whole you know george conway plan and it worked everything they've tried conway. has worked we are losing yeah um, I mean, we just are. We can make ourselves feel better on Twitter, but we're losing. We make we make the wrong people our heroes. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like these people can mm-hmm. walk into the room and go, hi, I'm on your side now. Now give me millions of dollars. Everybody follow me. I'm going to be on television every night instead of you guys. I'm now the one who's the, the big hero here. And that means that when I say something, I've got millions of people listening. Mm-hmm. And they walk in and they just assume this role. Mm-hmm. And that's what George Conway did yep. after he had been pro-Trump. And then they were with with Ted Cruz. And then they were with Trump again. And then he tried to become solicitor general for Trump and was in the top three and didn't get the job. So then he goes for another job and it becomes public that he was up for it. So he pulls his name out so he didn't have to be embarrassed about losing a second job. So he goes back to his roots, uh, what he's always been about, you know, Leonard Leo and the Federalist hmm. Society. The Conways give mm-hmm. a lot of money to Leonard Leo and um, Leo Leonard, whatever the hell his name is, you know, the guy. <laughs> and um, and they've been funding this stuff for years. So, yeah. you know, George hasn't changed. He just was playing the long game. And everybody was like, oh, okay. Yeah, and that's it. It's, it's gullible people, gullible people falling so for it. to the game and we make them our heroes. I'm for welcoming everybody. Yes. But 
I'm be sincere. Yeah. These people who leave the Trump administration and then all of a sudden they're on TV mm-hmm. and they're getting book deals mm-hmm. and TV gigs. And now they're having conferences because now they're the head of some new organization that people are sending money to and they're having conferences and they're up there giving speeches, you know, because they're now experts on mm-hmm. being never Trump. And they and, and I get these invitations. They want me to come sit in the audience and take notes. On how to be, <laughs> like, oh, really? <laughs> I should be up there. You guys should be listening to me. Oh, my God. So it's, yeah, that's what I mean about this cottage industry. Yeah. And some of these people were not names that anybody knew before. They stepped forward as, I'm now mm-hmm. coming out against Trump after worked, working in the administration and helping, you know, put <laughs> babies in cages. Mm-hmm. and. <laughs> I know it's just it's I'm laughing but it's comical but it's also very sad because it's become a cottage industry mm-hmm. and the people we make heroes and I see people who I know know better putting up ads and doing insane things that they know are not helpful but mm-hmm. it helps them yeah it's a, it's a gig now <gasps> it is okay well we have a couple more things to talk about but first we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back after this message oh hey it's Kimberly the host of the podcast you're listening to right now are you my patron on Patreon If not, it's really easy to sign up. Just go to patreon.com slash startmeup. Check out all the tiers. I do a patrons only show after every free show and I talk about whatever. It can get crazy in there. So again, just go to patreon.com slash startmeup. Check out the tiers and become my patron today. Thank you. Okay, we're back. Okay, so now this is going to lead me into, we're going to talk about Garland. So just hold on with that. But um, I want to talk about Roe. And I want to see, because from what I'm hearing, you feel like we're losing. I'm not going to argue with you on that. Uh, Do you think, though, if they strike down Roe v. Wade this summer, do you think that's going to backfire on the Republicans? And if so, how much? Hmm. You know, that's an interesting question, um, because it's obviously energizing big, huge chunks of the Democratic base, particularly Mm -hmm. women. I think it's going to backfire on Republicans, and here's why. Their evangelical base is going to come out no matter what, Mm -hmm, okay? mm -hmm. There are all these – these are these persuadable voters that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. I think there is a lot of Republican voters who are not activists on the issue of abortion. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe you're quietly pro-choice. Or with some restrictions, mm-hmm. but 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 they're not activists. They probably think, well, it's just not something you talk about in polite society, you know, at mm-hmm. the country club or something. But um, I think that everybody assumed that it was a non-issue, that Roe would never be overturned. Yeah. Um, and that it was just not something that you needed to get into a tizzy about. But now when you see mm-hmm. the draconian measures being taken, like just now, today in Oklahoma, um, uh outlawing abortion i mean it's fertilization i mean so there's some really extreme stuff going on out there that i think the more reasonable republicans who have been holding their nose here and there about trump and maybe now they think well Mm -hmm. trump is gone um but it's still that party Mm -hmm. i think it's going to bother some of them and 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 that's why i think that that there's um there's some wiggle room here uh, hmm. to find some new persuadable voters who, again, you can't necessarily run against Trump completely. And I just, you know, I told you those numbers a little mm-hmm. bit before about more Republicans now seem to be identifying themselves as just Republicans, but right. not necessarily Trump Republicans. Those are the people you have to get to. This is not your 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 daddy's Republican Party <laughs> yeah. anymore. Yes. So I think there is there's some opportunity there um, for 
for some persuadable voters that maybe we're still going to be pulling a lever for Republicans, that especially women, they're going to be like, okay, yeah, this isn't good. So, well, and then, I mean, you know, I had a, I have a friend, I, I don't talk to her very much anymore. We haven't seen each other. She lives in Southern California. So it's been a while since I've even seen her, but she's an evangelical. She is a born again Christian and her daughter got pregnant. And at the time, this was back, I don't know how many years ago, maybe 15, 17 years ago. So she, she had total of five kids. So it was her oldest daughter that got pregnant. And she was a young adult, not married, maybe 21. Uh, the rest of her kids were basically high school and down to like nine years old. And she was single. So she was like, there's no fucking way I'm taking care of your child. And that's what's going to, I can't. And, and at that point, because she had just gone through a, a divorce, uh, she had found an apartment and it was a, God, I think it was only a one bedroom apartment for her and her four kids, but it was, wow. it, was a, it was a nice apartment. It was like a luxury apartment and she really liked it. There was a swimming pool and so she then was a safe area and, and so she was happy, but her rent was really difficult for her. She worked in a department store and her rent was difficult. I mean, I wound up giving her 500 bucks to help her with her rent, which was just one month, you know, a couple months later she was out. But anyway, so she couldn't barely, she couldn't even afford her own family after her and her husband split up. And uh, her daughter gets pregnant and she's like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing this. So you, you need to get an abortion. And I don't think her daughter was that much against it, but she got an abortion and she's an evangelical. <laughs> you know, and so I think, and it was funny because I, I told her. So that makes her base, that's what pro-choice is. <laughs> exactly. Well, and I don't know what she says publicly. Like, I mean, I'm sure to her evangelical friends, she's going to play that, oh yeah, abortion is evil and all that. But clearly she chose it for, she may, in fact, she, yeah, it was not even a choice for her daughter. It was like, you got to go get an abortion now. And so. Well, you know, Dan Quayle said that. Remember when somebody hit him up, he was, he was, he was pro-life. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, what about your daughter? I think she was 13 at the time. What if she? You know, a couple of years pregnant, Katie goes, well, it would be her choice, but it's like, that's what choice is. <laughs> yeah. But Kimberly, I got to be honest with you. Part of the problem are, are these people that, that, um, that say, um, and I think even Biden does this, they always feel they have to qualify. Yes. They say, I personally right. would never, I personally am, am pro-life. Um, Catering, but I wouldn't yes. Make, it's like, why do you even say I that? I know. Because what you're saying is you are pro-choice. Stop qualifying it mm -hmm. by saying, but if it were me. First of all, if you're not a woman, you don't know what you would do. Or if right. it's not your daughter, like with your friend, mm -hmm. she, she could easily, oh, can you pat herself on the mm -hmm. back? I'm so pro-life. But then when it happens to someone in your own family, mm -hmm. if it's your kid, ah, well, that's what choice is. Exactly. Yeah. That's what choice is is it doesn't mean that you have to tell everybody about it right you don't have to give speeches um <laughs> but that's what choice is and so when dan quayle said that when he was running for vice president well it would depend on you know it's of course yeah. it's her choice it's like yes so it's um so it really kind of bothers me i've seen this a lot on on tv and on twitter with this debate when people say you know yeah. i personally would never have one it's like first of all Never say never. Mm -hmm. You don't right. know that. Right. Especially when it's um, middle-aged women where, where that's no longer an issue. It's mm -hmm. real easy. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's real easy for me to go out there. I could say, oh, I, you know, I personally, but, right. uh, you know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I have friends who, too, actually, um, friends, that, they're not 
like active friends now, but people that I know who um, are very, you know, Catholic and, and pro pro life and do the, the marches or the, we all hold hands mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And they're all, all you know, all newly religious, mm-hmm. but at the time in both cases, um, when young, and I'm saying after college, mm-hmm. even not even in college, after college, when they were with the men mm-hmm. that they were going to marry and knew they were going to marry in both cases, they both had a scare, a pregnancy mm-hmm. scare. And in both cases were doing the, re- where do I go? Finding mm-hmm. out the address and the phone number. Yeah. There was no question what they, right. what they were going to do. But then when they became older and after they had had children mm-hmm. and the miracle of motherhood and childbirth and all of that, all of a sudden it's just real easy mm-hmm. to say, well, I, <laughs> you know, they, they changed. And so it's one of those things that I can see um, having a continued debate about certain restrictions mm-hmm. or in the third trimester and, mm-hmm. and that type of thing. But if we're not going to be intellectually honest about it, um, the debate's ruined. Yeah, you know, and Demo- not, Democrats have been way too timid when it comes to abortion. They just are too afraid. They're too afraid of their own uh, Catholic base. And, you know, I mean, it's like, I look, I don't expect everyone to run around and say, I'm pro-abortion. But it really bothers me to hear people say, I'm not pro-abortion. Because pro-abortion doesn't mean, let's throw a party. Woohoo! Abortion time! It yeah. just means you're pro that procedure. I am pro-colonoscopy. I am pro, you know, root canal. For the same reasons. It's not like I want to go have a fucking root canal. But if I need one, then I'm really going to want one. And, you well, know, you're not and, excited about yeah. it. But you, you're, yeah, there's... there's- a lot of hypocrisy out, out there too though and and I, I do think that on both sides it's been a big political issue that they both like beating the other side over the head with mm-hmm. because um, look if Republicans really really cared passionately about eliminating or reducing abortions they'd be handing mm-hmm. out the morning after pill like from a Pez dispenser mm-hmm. on every street corner <laughs> you know you could get it mm-hmm. uh, next to the tampon machine in yeah. every high school bathroom you know that's that's what it would be uh, and they don't and by the same token you don't hear Democrats talking about that either no um, it's been a it's been a you know big political issue for both sides for fundraising and so I think that American women well all Americans are, are paying the price for that for, uh-huh. for this being the political football that yeah. both sides like to rely on for fundraising or turning out the base or whatever i don't know who the leaker was i don't know if it was jenny thomas or if it was um so, uh, somebody on on the staff one of the clerks for the liberal mm-hmm. justices but you know it just seems that it leaked because somebody thought voters should know this mm-hmm. so which side thinks it's going to benefit that and mm-hmm. that's that's the that's the interesting thing that we we just don't know. Yeah, you know, um, I I can kind of make an argument on on both sides. So, you know, people are saying it was Jenny Thomas mm-hmm. um, because you know she knows she's going down and she just wanted to make this was just a draft, and so that way you lock in some of these justices who mm-hmm. might waver because you know they said the opposite yes. in their confirmation hearings. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and they really don't want more controversy in their mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. like so. So, yeah. So, so, so who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I do. I mean, I think it will, it, it doesn't seem that the white supremacy and the fascism and all of that is enough to motivate sane people to go to the polls. So, um, I, you know, and I'm certainly not excited about this. I'm not surprised that this is happening, but as I've said a million times on my show, if, if it's, if it's a choice between striking it down or gutting it, which has the same result in the end, I'm going with striking it down because that's a big slap across the face that's very obvious as opposed to gutting it, which is quiet and it's not as exciting. It's not as 
and raging. It's not going to reach as many people. So I think it would just be better if they fucking strike it down, even though that's not what I want. But this is where we are. This is who we are as people that we need to be slapped across the face, you know, snap out of it, wake up, come on. They're taking yeah. our fucking rights away. And if you think they're going to stop at Roe v. Raid, you're crazy. I mean, it's like this yeah. is the first fucking part of it. There's going to be so much. So I do hope that this serves as some kind of motivation. Ugh, we'll see what happens. Um, okay, so I want to ask you about the latest news with the DOJ asking the 1-6 committee uh, for these transcripts. I know that th- my limited knowledge on this is that um, – there's a bit of an argument right now that the one six committee does not want to hand it over. And I don't know exactly all the reasons why maybe you do, but I know you've been staunchly pissed off at the DOJ and Garland for not doing what they need to do. I think the only difference that you and I, I mean, I've stayed quiet about it for the most part. Um, I have a couple of different thoughts on this and I'm just going to let you go. Uh, I wasn't sure what was going on, and I totally agree with the idea that something needs to happen. If, if we call ourselves a country that's based on the rule of law, then nobody, ha- nobody is above the law. And we all know that that's bullshit. We all know that there are people above the law. And that's not a true democracy when you have two sets of justice, one for the rich and wealthy, and, or, or for the wealthy and powerful, and the rest, everybody has to go to jail. Um, but at the same time, I do understand, and you know, I'm, I, I, I stay out of it in part because I don't know enough about it. I don't know enough to talk intelligently about it. And then also, my feeling, and this is, this is where we disagree, and I'm wondering if this is going to change for you or anything. I think, because I've heard you say many times that voters who were like independents like you wanted to see justice so you voted for the democrats to see justice even if some of these people are republican or whatever and if we don't see justice they're not going to show up to the polls and i number one my first thing was i don't want to even put it out there that people are not going to show up because i already know democrats are facing a very difficult midterm i just personally whether it's good strategy or not don't want to put that out there but beyond that, now I was thinking, okay, as we're watching the crazy, we're watching these fucking Republicans going nuts. If Trump were to get indicted before the midterms, I, I mean, their base is oh, already. He won't be. Oh, I know he won't be. But no, I no. mean, I would rather see. I would rather see a higher up get indicted maybe before the midterms. But if we're gonna, if the, if they're gonna go and indict Trump, which I don't know that they're gonna do that, but if they do it, I would rather see it in like early of 20, early twenty twenty three. Well, look, the, there's been already been so much damage done by um, the inaction or delayed action, whatever's going on with Garland. Mm-hmm. He's already done a lot of damage, um, and it's inexplicable and it's inexcusable. Um, and we know the statute of limitations is running out. Mm-hmm. Uh, crime after crime of Trump crime. Uh, and he keeps criming more. And the Democrats made a mistake by not impeaching him over the 10 counts of obstruction of justice in the Mueller report. Uh, they made a mistake by not referring, you know, Caputo and Stone, Roger Stone, to DOJ for indictment for lying under oath to Congress about their contact in meetings with a Russian national selling uh, dirt on Hillary. And and one of the members of the committee told me that, you know, some of them wanted to and they thought, well, Jeff Sessions is AG, so nothing will happen. But here's the thing. Democrats have an obligation to do all of this, mm-hmm. use every tool in your toolbox. Plus, it's your job. Yeah. If Democrats in Congress are not holding everybody to account by doing their part, by referring them for indict to for, to DOJ for indictment, then they're kind of doing the same thing. So, yeah. what I 
think is happening with the J6 committee is this. Um, they don't want to share the information at this late date because at this point, nobody really knows what Merrick Garland is doing. There's absolutely no indication that he's moving on anything. It's almost impossible that there wouldn't be leaks on something. And if he's got some big long-term plan, again, as I said, he's already done a lot of damage if he's, if he's doing a, this super long strategy um, that is inexplicable to the, the best legal minds that we know um, that are out there talking about this. Uh, but so Benny Thompson, Chairman Thompson is saying, we're not going to give it to you. I think it's possible that um, the committee doesn't trust Garland. And what they're afraid of is that Merrick Garland will then take this information from them and say, we are putting, whatever they do, whatever the legal term would be, we, we are you know, locking this away and you are now forbidden to use this or put it in your report. Hmm. So I think the J6 committee wants to be able to do their job. Mm -hmm. it, it, what it's looking like is it could be Merrick Garland wanting or somebody at DOJ because there was no name on this. So there might be a lot of Trumpers in DOJ that Merrick Garland hasn't gotten his arms around yet. Mm -hmm. You know, there could be a lot going on. But there is a fear, and I've read this, and it made sense to me because I was thinking about this too. They don't want to give DOJ their information because they don't trust them. Oh, they don't trust wow. them because they could take they 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 could override them and say we are going to use this, and you cannot. We we've decided that you cannot um, use this. You can't go public with this. Hmm. And um, yeah, and I think I think the J six committee is saying f you. We've been at this. You have it. So here's what can happen. This is for for the justice voters and people who are anti corruption and are just um, feel like their vote didn't matter, uh, especially when if they you know, vote a Democrat for the first time in their life um, and, and perfectly willing to give up on a lot of policy issues that are important to them because this is more important because they see the mm -hmm. danger. Um, and this is our time to save. You know, every generation has the thing they fa face, the crisis they face to save the country, and this is ours. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are of that mindset. So if Democrats in Congress and our couple of Republicans um, really go all out with these hearings, the televised hearings, yeah, I was just gonna ask put you about out a that. report yeah. and pound it. Now, at that point, I think they should take everything and then I think they need to refer everybody for indictment that should be referred for indictment uh, to DOJ. Lay it all at Merrick Garland's feet. Lay it all there. And then if Garland doesn't act, that's when they publicly say mm – -hmm. We need you to go because, frankly, somebody else – if there's all these investigations that are underway and it's just so secret and whatever, um, somebody else, a Sally Yates or somebody can step in and those investigations can still go. Um, and there might be some um, indictments that are ready to go that they could that they could give mm -hmm. out now, that they could issue now. Um, but at, at this point, you know, Democrats need to cover their own rears and go be able to go home to voters and saying – we're doing all of this and we're laying it right at Merrick Garland's feet. But at some point, but that's what they need to do. They can't let anybody off the hook. They have to be thorough. Uh, and then at that point, if Merrick Garland still is twiddling his thumbs, they, it is well within, I mean, I've been there on terra firma to march down Pennsylvania Avenue and say, Mr. President, um, we need you. We yeah. need to urge you to um, replace uh, your AG, you know, put in an acting AG even to have it all move along quickly. Um, but, uh, you know, something needs to happen. Do you, do you think, okay, let's just say, you know, it's the midterms and right now there's really nothing happening with DOJ and Trump and all that, but we've got what we've got. We've got the one six committee and whatever they're going to blow, you know, the roof off the house and all that Roe v. Wade, everything. 
what is your gut telling you about the midterms? Mm. You know, I, I think you have to ask me after the J6 committee okay. hearings. Then I will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's kind of it's kind of hard to, to see how this is going to play out and how impactful they're going to be until after we see what happens. Yeah. Now, Fox will Fox News even air them live no. in prime time, <laughs> no. or will they just tell their their mm-hmm. viewers uh, what happens? See, that's the, that's yeah. that's the thing, and I think that the Democrats. Um, and other media who just care about, you know, getting accurate information out there. There needs to be a full bore effort mm-hmm. uh, to ensure that Fox News viewers know what's going on in those January 6th committee hearings. Yeah. Yeah. I 100 percent agree because, yeah, they're not going to get they're going to have to figure that out. And I hope, though, I hope that that it, that Jamie Raskin is accurate or you know his prediction comes true i hope it's explosive i hope it blows everybody's mind and if they strike down row in june or july or whenever it's supposed to be i think all of these things culminating and then you know i don't know if there's going to be any october surprise or anything like that but i guess we'll see it's another night nail biter election and it's yeah too fucking much for me i swear to god (laughs) i don't like this shit um, so. <laughs> I, I don't like it when it's when it's like this. Right. I mean, it, this is a, we're still in this Trump era, and yeah. we're now living with the consequences of Trump. We're living yes. with Trump's Supreme Court, mm-hmm. and so it feels like we're still in the fight. But then there's a part of me that's like, no, we lost the fight, and now we're just we're just cow catching. We're just trying to keep up and and fight these other battles as they come up. But all of this, everything we're going through right now, is because. Um, we let this happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did. We did collectively. We let this happen. I mean, obviously, the people who voted for Democrats, they did what they could. But just collectively, we are in this place because we all let this happen. There are too many people in this country don't vote. And that's the problem. If more people voted, I think we would not be in this. And, you know, I keep yeah. I keep talking about Democrats. You know, I, I, I get blowback from other Democrats when they say blame the Republicans of course, I blame the Republicans for what they're doing, but I blame people who register, who are registered Democrats who have voted in past elections and stay home in midterms. It's their fault because they, they, they had the power and they just gave it away. They gave it to the Republicans. Well, you, you have to also look at the party, uh, the party leaders and the elected officials and the media who aren't um, doing what needs to be done to get these people out to vote, too. I mean, shaming people that just don't clue you know aren't tuned in doesn't get them out to vote of course it doesn't no (laughs) it just doesn't um but our media who likes to both sides it Mm -hmm. um our media who's the one that helps prop up some of these frauds and Mm -hmm. people who are 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 highlighting the wrong things and having the wrong fights and everybody thinks that's what's what politics is um you know they let this happen Mm -hmm. uh and by not referring everybody for indictment that should be by not um, yeah, maybe Democrats need to be having that. Maybe they should have had a press conference a few months ago and said, we are very concerned about Merrick Garland and we think he should be replaced mm-hmm. or we need you know, something or have a big clock and show when the uh, statute of limitations is running out right. on all of these different Trump crimes, mm-hmm. uh, which would then make it easier right. for Biden to fire him. Or and then if Biden refuses to, then it, you know, it's at a, on him. Mm hmm. Well, we're a sweep it under the rug kind of country. 
Yeah, <laughs> we, we sure do. are. We sure are. And you know, I wasn't uh, raised that way, so it's very di- it's very disappointing for me. My mother was never about sweeping shit under the rug. She was always about just tackle it head on, move past it, take on the next thing. And yeah. I just I you know, all the way down to families and stuff, I see people sweeping shit under the rug, avoiding it. It's like, why are you doing that? Just face it. And then, you know, yeah, it kind of sucks to face things, but you face it and it's not as bad as usually you think it is. And then you get over it and then you move on instead of having it fester and form a fucking disease, which is what has happened. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, well, so, I, yeah. Bef- okay, I want to do the fun part of the show now, but I just want to say oh, before okay. we get oh, into that wasn't it. wasn't fun what we just did. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, talking about all the doom and gloom, uh, unless there's anything you want to add before we start with the fun part. No, I think, I, I think I've got it all out of my system here. <laughs> okay, so uh, my listeners are used to it. I know you know it. We're going to do the Bernard Pivot questionnaire, where you're just basically supposed to just, uh, the first thing that comes off the top of your head, that's your answer. So we're going to start this. It's 10 questions. It goes pretty fast. So what is your favorite word? Kerfuffle. <laughs> what is your least favorite word? Oh, the the, the C word. <laughs> I use it for women. Yes, that was my last guest's uh, least uh, favorite word. Uh, yeah. wh- what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Uh, being outdoors. What turns you off? Being indoors. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite curse word? Hmm. Hmm. I use them all. <laughs> so. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> um, you know, I just I think damn, you know. Really? It's just kinda yeah, it's kinda boring, but it fits a lot of situations <laughs> and it's generally still acceptable in, in most true polite company. <laughs> that is true. Okay, so what sound or noise do you love? A purring kitten. Oh, that's not the first person who said that either. What sound or noise do you hate? Um, lawnmowers, motorcycles out in the street, all that, yeah. Yeah. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Oh, I'd like to be a singer-dancer on Broadway. Oh, wow. What profession would you not like to do? Be a surgeon. Ew, Yeah. Uh, last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Go back. <laughs> not me. <laughs> it's not your time. There's more work for you to do. Turn away from the light, Kimberly. <laughs> no, I'm like, well, I'll take you light. I want the light. No, I don't want to die. I'm not suicidal. But um, that's funny. Um, well, this was fun, and of course, talking to you is always entertaining and interesting, and you always have a, a fantastic perspective. Even when we have slight disagreements on things, I think, you know, you've been, whenever I talk with Greg Olier on, on the show, and I'll say, well, Sherry said X, and he always points out, Sherry's usually right. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, here's the thing, though. I, I think, I think your, your audience needs to understand this. You are an activist. Mm-hmm. True. I think that's a good, and and I'm a strategist. True. Yes. And so, yeah. And so we, we're coming at things from two very yes. different perspectives, um, but ultimately to reach the same goal. Yeah. And that's absolutely true. It's funny because Bob always says that, you know, I mean, I'm not, I, I wouldn't consider myself like the hardcore activist, but just from the 
you know, from my perception and all that, yeah, I'm coming from an activist point of view. And I've never worked in politics. I have not had the experience and all of that stuff that you've been through. I, and inside information, I don't have it. So, yeah, I am just coming from Gen X feminist point of view. So <laughs> 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 but it, it's definitely cool talking with you. And um, I'm going to have you on. So I, I don't know when the, the uh, hearings are going to be over, but when they're over, I'll have you back on and I'll find out how you're feeling about the midterms. Great. Great. Look forward to it. Thanks. And, and then before I let you go, tell everybody where to find you. Find me on Twitter. That's where I mostly am, at Sherry Jacobus. And uh, I'll be starting my podcast up here again shortly, soon, hopefully. <laughs> but I put on pause because, you know, when I get sick. So, yeah. Uh, we'll start getting busy again. Very cool. And then, of course, I'm author Kimberly on, what is your Twitter? It's Sherry Jacobus. Yeah. That's just all. There's like no special character in there. It's just Sherry Jacobus. No, it's okay. just me. And then I'm author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. Books are on Amazon. Thank you very much, Sherry. Thank you. Take care. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.